0: As you watch this teaching, I would like to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner. It's Friday and I'm here with Denise. And Joe. can you guys believe it's already Friday? I know. Went fast. I have enjoyed these Home Groups so much this week. It's just like, bam, it's just over. I can't believe it's already over.
1: It's been fast.
0: But next week is gonna be really, really special. I can hardly wait for next week. But we're offering you right now Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. And I told you yesterday, the reason I paired this with this series is because sometimes when people get off track teaching this series this week called How to Intercede for People Who Are in Trouble, you need to order this series. But sometimes when people get in trouble, we get mad at them. a lot of people get mad. But when you get mad, you can get mad at sin. The Bible tells us to be angry and sin not. But if you get, to get mad at the person, you can't help that person. You have to forgive them. And sometimes you've got to learn how to receive a gift of forgiveness to forgive people. That's why I paired this powerful book with this series. So you can forgive people after you forgive them, then you can really begin to help them. It's really powerful, isn't it, Denise?
1: Yeah, because God wants to use you to rescue them. But if we're bitter and we're, unfor- we're unforgiving and we're hurt, it's very hard for Him to get to us to get to them.
0: And sometimes it's hard not to be angry when you see somebody doing that you know they shouldn't be doing it. But, um, but being mad at them, it doesn't it doesn't do anything. It just messes you up and blocks you from being able to help them. That's right. Hey, Joel. Hi, Dad. One of the hard things I think it is is you see someone you want to help. They don't know they need help. And even if they knew they needed help, I don't think they want to have help. Well, the book of uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says there's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. And when somebody doesn't want your help, don't force your way. You have to take a different route. And that's what Abraham did. I like one thing you said. I don't know which home group it was on, but she said, you should be talking to God more about your problems than talking to other people about your problems. And I think it's the same thing with people who are in trouble. We should be praying to God about people who are in trouble more than we're talking to that person. Mm -hmm. And God will direct our steps. He really will. Well, we're offering you the free download, the study guide, how to intercede for people who are in trouble. All you have to do is go to runner.org. Just download it. It's yours. And when you get it, you're truly going to be blessed. Joel, we have given 10,000s of study guides to people. It's going to be 100,000. Isn't that a blessing? That's amazing. That di- is just, such di- a blessing. Just as digital. Just, that doesn't include all the other. You know, we give away a lot of books in our ministry, thousands and thousands. We believe in sowing seed. We, we don't just teach it. We do it. But anyway, reach for your Bibles. And by the way, Denise, why do you have that blanket in your lap?
1: because we're reaching out to people who have been displaced. And I want to say thank you to you. If you've already given, thank you so much. You're doing so much for somebody that's in need, somebody that doesn't have a blanket, somebody that doesn't have warm food, somebody that doesn't have water. You're, with your giving, you're reaching out and touching them. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: Well, we're going to pick up where we left off last night in Genesis chapter 19, verse 9. The men of Sodom have surrounded Lot's house. Two angels have come into his house, but they don't know that they're angels. They think that they're just men. And all the men of Sodom, that's what the Bible says, young and old came from every quarter, and they're surrounding Lot's house. There's this righteous man dwelling in the middle of this terrible place. He shouldn't have even been there. And they cry out and they say, bring those men unto us that we may know them. Don't keep them to yourself. We want to rape them. That's really what it means. And then when you come to Genesis 19, verse 9 and 10, it says, and they said again, this is the men of Sodom. They're speaking a lot. This one fellow came into sojourn and now he's going to be a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. And they pressed sore upon the door even Lot, and came near to break the door. Or they said, okay, so now suddenly you're a preacher. They had never heard him speak righteously, even though he was a righteous man. He had no witness. They didn't even know he was saved. They're laughing, this is a preacher? Okay, we're going to do it to you. And the angels intervened. We read that in verse 10 and 11. The angels, that's the men, put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great. So they wearied themselves to find the door. So now the men of Sodom have been blinded. And do you know what the rabbis say? The rabbis say that the angels blinded the men of Sodom so they couldn't flee the city and escape judgment. They couldn't find their way out. Mm. He fixed it so they would be there to be judged. And... The Bible says that the angels turned to Lot inside the house, 19, verse 12 and 13, and said, Hast thou here any besides sons-in-laws and thy sons and thy daughters? Wait, wait, wait. He only has two daughters. He also has two sons-in-laws. But the daughters have never known men. Somebody wrote to me and said, Well, maybe they were just engaged. No, they were married. These were his sons-in-laws. He says, Whatsoever thou hast in this city, bring them out of this place, for we're going to destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And remember the word Lord here is Hashim. Mercy has sent us to destroy it. God was going to remove this disease. And responding to the angel's instructions, verse 14 says, And Lot went out. And spake unto his sons-in-laws, which married his daughters. Isn't that pretty clear? They were married. And said, get up. Get out of this place. For the Lord will destroy the city. And listen to this. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-laws. What does that mean? His sons-in-laws had never heard him speak the word of God. Had never heard him say anything righteous. He was a righteous man doing nothing righteous. No example to his family. And now his sons-in-laws are like, what is this? Suddenly we have a preacher in the house? (laughs) Who is he of all people, the way he lives, to tell us what is right and wrong? Who is he, a preacher? He had no witness in his home. That's a real problem with families. When parents do wrong, they don't go to church, and then they try to speak with authority to their kids, And their kids view it as being hypocritical. My friends, you've got to have your life as a platform, a pulpit for what you say. And Lot did not have that life behind his words. Mm. They had never seen him preach about righteousness before. And verse 5 says, When the morning arose... Now wait. The angels already said, get up, get out of here. Everything you have, get out of here. But the next morning... Nobody has moved. They are still there. <laughs> They're like a lot of people probably saying, we hope this passes. But the angels said, we're going to destroy this place. They're probably saying, we hope the Lord just, surely, surely God isn't, surely we can, God's not going to judge. That's what many people do. Surely not. Surely not. Surely yes. And the next morning, verse 5, when the morning arose, then the angels hasted Lot saying, Arise, take thy wives and thy two daughters which are here. Now, Abraham asked for ten, now we're down to four. The sons-in-laws are not going to go because they're sodomites. Lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And the Bible says the angels hasted him, saying, Come on, get with it. you got to get up and get out of here. And verse 16 says, while he lingered, mine says hastened, while he lingered. Verse 16, mm-hmm. hesitated, he- hesitated, yes. Think about how many people just live on the very edge of destruction. They know what they need to do, but they're just hoping maybe God will just, he'll just let it go just this one time. That's what he was doing. And the angels hastened him and he lingered. They're pleading with him. Get out of here. And he's lingering. So what do the angels do? He doesn't want to leave. He has no intentions to leave. He does not want to change. He does not want to be delivered. He wants to stay right there. So the men, that's the angels, laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful, there's Hashem, merciful unto him. And they brought him forth, a better translation is, they dragged him out and set him outside the city. The picture here is Lot kicking and screaming, trying to dig his heels in the dirt. I'm not going, I'm not going. And the angels are saying, yes, you are. You're going to get out of here, whether you like it or not. And they dragged him out against his will. All four of them. All four of them. That's amazing.
1: That's because Abraham's pow- prayers were so powerful and he had communion with God.
0: Well, in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, Peter comments on this whole thing. And Peter says, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. The example that he's using is Lot. The Lord knows how to deliver the word, delivers the word, rule my it means to snatch out just in the nick of time, to snatch out just on the brink of destruction. I mean, if Lot had waited any longer, he would have gone up in smoke with the whole city. But just in the nick of time, the Lord moved into action. Now, let's continue. Lot was so calloused that when you read Second Peter chapter 2, verse 8, it says, for that righteous man dwelling among them, The word dwelling means he'd really taken up residence. He was comfortable there. In seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul with their unlawful deeds. The Greek says in seeing and seeing and seeing and seeing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. You know, originally when he moved there, some of those things probably really disturbed him. But by seeing, you kind of adapt to what you see. It's like today, all this transgenderism, when you first hear about it, it's like, how horrible. But hey, There's a process of modification that goes on and people begin to accept what they once thought was horrible and the modification process is happening in Lot. He just eventually gets used to it all. "Ah, It's not as bad as I once thought it was. I love these people. They're just people with problems. He just modifies until he calls them brethren. He's really messed up. In fact, the Bible says he vexed his righteous soul. It really means he was calloused. He no longer felt sin about it the way that he once did. But the Lord knows how to deliver the righteous out of temptation. That's what it says in verse 9. Well, how does the Lord do it? We'll go back to Genesis 19. Verse 24, 25, and 27 says, Immediately after the angels dragged Lot and his wife and his daughters out of Sodom, the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the city and that which grew up on the ground. And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. Now, during all of these events, where's Abram? He's sleeping. Why is he sleeping? How in the world could he sleep when his nephew is on the edge of destruction? Because he already sealed his safety. He prayed. Abraham drew new to the Lord. He prayed. He communed with the Lord. And when he was finished communing with the Lord, he said, hey, I don't know what's going to happen to everybody else, but Lot and his wife and his girls are going to be okay. And Abraham went home and went to bed. And while all of these events are going on, Abraham is sleeping. You know, when Denise and I go to bed at night, every night I pray Psalm chapter four, verse eight. I lay me down in peace and sleep and the Lord sustains me. You're not supposed to lose sleep over stuff. You can lay down in peace. And you can really lay down in peace if you've done your part in prayer, right Denise?
1: Oh, that's right because you get God's perspective and you you identify with him and you you connect with him and then you get his peace as we agree with him, we get his peace.
0: You know, sometimes people say, oh, I'm just so worried. I'm just so worried. Well, good. We're glad you got that off your checklist today. If you've got to be worried about something, just check it off and please move on. You're not supposed to live in a state of worry and worry doesn't change anything. When you're worried, it's time to do what Abraham did. Draw near. Draw near. Take care of it in prayer. Get it off your shoulders. Go home and go to bed. And it's amazing to me, Denise, that Abraham... Just slept the whole night, didn't have a clue what was going on, didn't even think about what was going on, but real big events were taking place. His nephew was being delivered, and when Abraham got up in the morning, the Bible tells us that he went to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He went to the edge of the hill, right where he had negotiated, and looked down, and ay yi, yi. it's all gone. What did he see? Verse 28. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain. There were actually five cities there. They were all destroyed. And lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. God incinerated that entire area. And you know, scientists, geologists, archaeologists have recently found an area where everything is like molten glass. There is no Natural heat that can cause that. They say, "The only natural explanation is there was something powerful that fell out of the heavens, maybe a meteor or an asteroid. They don't know what something had to descend out of heavens because the rocks are melted glass. It's in Israel. Hey, this really happened. God melted the whole place. Now it looks like the smoke going up out of a furnace. And verse 29 says, "Here it is. And it came to pass. Everybody saying it came to pass. And it came to pass.
1: Mama. And it came to pass.
0: And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain <laughs> that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in the which Lot dwelt. Which means Lot, his wife, His girls, none of them wanted to leave. If it had been left up to them, they would have been destroyed. But God remembered Abraham. What did he remember? He remembered Abraham's intercession. He remembered what Abraham had done the night before Abraham secured their safety in prayer. And that's why Lot was sent out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in the which Lot dwelled. Well, maybe you have a son or a daughter or a friend, or a relative, or a spouse, somebody. And they're just righteous as can be, but they are just not living righteously. Maybe they're being modified by the world around them, adapting to all these woke things in our new culture. You're thinking, oh, what is happening to them? But just saying, oh, what is happening to them? Won't change it. It's time for you to draw near and say, you know what, Lord? They don't have enough sense to do what's right. So here's my request, do it for me. If they're not gonna do it for themselves, do it for me. Deliver them against their will. Drag them out of that mess. I don't care how you have to do it, do it for me. That's how the Lord delivers the righteous, the godly out of temptation. Denise?
1: God wants to use us for the deliverance of others. By our communion with Him, it's, it's exactly what it, the Lord said that Abraham communed with the Lord. God wants to use our communion, our fellowship. We're one spirit with Him, the Bible says. Yes. And we can get God's heart about the sin that's going on in our loved one, and we can be that instrument in God's hands, that intercession that agrees with heaven and calls heaven down on earth in the situation of your loved one.
0: Well, this has been good, Joel. Thank you for being here every day this week. And Sister Renner, we're so glad you're
1: home. I'm so glad to be back.
0: And we're so glad that you've been with us. Please go online and get the free download, How to Intercede for People Who Are in Trouble. And we will see you in the next home group. If that teaching helped you, would you please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.